Hi, and welcome to the 20th episode of The Voice of Healthcare. I'm Matt Sobolski, founder of a company called Ionia Healthcare Consulting. We focus on healthcare consulting as well as digital interfaces. I'm joined by my co-host, Dr. Reed McClellan from Boston Children's Hospital. Reed, say hello. Hi, Dr. Sobolski. It's a pleasure to be here today. I'm really excited to be discussing Suki with you and our uh, guest, Nathan. Yes, that's right. Today's guest, Nathan Gunn, MD from Suki. And before we get to Nathan, a real quick word from our sponsor, Quark by MedArchon. For those of you listening, Quark is a secure messaging platform that facilitates efficient care team coordination and collaboration. Believe it or not, 65% of medical errors are caused by breakdowns in communication. And if that wasn't bad enough, medical errors are the third leading cause of death in the United States. Hospitals are busy, doctors and nurses and care members of the team are also busy managing multiple patients every day, and it can be difficult to keep on top of who is covering whom. That leads to lots of paging, phone calls, fatigue, and believe it or not, uh, non-secure texting to one another. One thing that's unique to Quark is its patient-centric messaging. Care team members no longer have to figure out who's on first or second. They know the medical record number or the patient name or the room number, and Quark does the rest, pulling up associated team members covering that patient, including who's covering pharmacy, imaging, or other departments. It creates a really efficient communication tool. A recent physician testimony said the following, that both physicians get what they need during consults without interrupting workflows, and it's changed the game for us. The good news for all of us is that patients show that 92% of hospitals are looking to upgrade or adopt a secure text messaging platform in the next one to two years. Learn more about Quark at getquark.com. Q-U-A-R-C, getquark.com. Now, let me introduce Nathan Gunn, COO of Suki. Say hello, Nathan. Hello, good afternoon. We're really pleased that you're here today. We brought Nathan on for a sole reason. Most of you listening might have heard that Sutter and Suki have joined in an interesting partnership for voice-first interfaces with physicians primarily using the tool to get through their day and manage their patient loads. Nathan, do us a favor. Tell us a few things. One, what is Suki? Who are you? And what are you guys doing with Sutter? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll do a, a quick uh, bio on myself. Uh, so my name is Nathan Gunn, as you mentioned. I am a uh, the chief operating officer at Suki AI, and uh, in a past life was an internal medicine physician. Uh, graduated from uh, residency at UCSF, and then have spent the last uh, fifteen years on the business side of things, uh, really focused on uh, companies and tools and technologies that empower physicians um, in in a world that's essentially. Uh, more and more uh, burdened by uh, the complexity of data and reporting and asks a lot more physicians than just uh, practicing medicine. So that's my background. Uh, the uh, product Suki is uh, a really interesting innovation. The idea is to build a digital assistant for a physician that takes away uh, primarily the burden of the electronic medical record, but more broadly the burden uh, of all the administrative tasks that a doctor uh, has to do throughout their day. Uh, and so our, our vision as a company is to make the healthcare tech uh, stack invisible and assistive 
to take the computer uh, out from in front of the physician and allow doctors to do what they like doing, which is actually taking care of, uh, taking care of patients. Uh, the, the, the concept that, that we always use is think of uh, Siri, think of Alexa, uh, a voice-based product that uh, you can use to do a lot of the uh, small uh, uh, kind of boring things in your life. Uh, there's an analogy there between the physician having to interact with the EMR, which uh, uh, gives the physician a ton of administrative burden. We want to take that burden away, take away the, the trivial things that the physician is being asked to do and allow them to practice medicine. That's fascinating. You know, um, I've been working in this voice interface world for the last year and a half and have heard a lot of rhetoric. It yeah. sounds though, yeah, it sounds though like, you guys are really on to something. Um, tell us a little bit more about the features of Suki and maybe how your AI engine works or how you hope it to work um, with physicians during their day. Yeah, yeah, so it's a, it's a, it's a great question. So um, I'll tell you a little bit about the team because that informs the answer to the, the question. Um, so the, the concept behind Suki was originally from uh, a, a non-clinician and a non-clinical person uh, but a technologist named Puneet Sony, uh, who had spent uh, many, many years at Google and done a lot of uh, interesting products there, uh, wanted to do something in healthcare uh, and spent a lot of time shadowing physicians uh, and nurses and spending time in hospitals looking for uh, a, a great problem to solve. Uh, and the, his, his observation, and if you're a physician, you this is um, extremely apparent, but his observation or his eureka moment was uh, observing an oncologist, and it was an academic context, so an outpatient setting, but an academic context, and so you can imagine an oncologist uh, sitting with a patient in a relative serious clinical scenario, a lot of people in the room, so a social worker, medical student, uh, uh, MA, etc., and his observation of this uh, oncologist interaction with the patient in, in a, again, a, a pretty serious clinical context was that the doctor was the most distracted person in the room uh, because they were typing into the EMR, clicking this, writing the patient's number down on a sticky note so they could follow up with them uh, on uh, um, something later in the week. Uh, and so he, he, his observation was this is uh, insane that you know, we've kind of turned uh, physicians uh, into uh, scribes. Uh, and administrators, and then you know we, we know this to be true, but as you kind of look at the data more, you know observed the burnout rates, observed uh, you know a lot of the literature that had uh, commented on the inefficiencies, et cetera. So the concept was, you know build this digital assistant uh, uh, for physicians. Uh, and to get to what the product does and the AI and the, the vision for it, his concept was uh, you know, the, the, the best thing that a, a physician can experience, and I think that uh, we were talking to uh, uh, a social media personality named uh, Z-Dog, Zubin, uh, and he had, he had this epiphany, which he said, when you talk about- I love Z-Dog. Z-Dog is great, great. And yeah. he, he completely got it. And his, his reaction to Suki was, oh, so you guys do all the scut work. He's like, this reminds me of my best day as a resident where I had a great- intern who was following me around, doing all my notes, entering all the orders, and all I had to do was just be with the patient and be a doctor. And when it was five o'clock, I went home and I didn't have a bunch of stuff to do. Uh, and so, you know, for our physicians out there and our, our clinical folks and our healthcare folks, the idea is 
you know, think about your best day as a physician, as a resident, or as a, attending with a great resident on the team, taking care of all the scout work. And that's the, the, uh, the goal for Suki. Um, you know, you know I, I think when Puneet was observing this scenario back in the day, his idea was, well, you know, physicians can't afford a $60,000 a year scribe. Most of them can't. Uh, or, you know, all this work is getting kind of pushed onto the nurse practitioner or the MA, which is also expensive. There's got to be a digital solution for them. But this, this concept of taking away the scut work and giving you back your best day because you've got a trusted assistant who understands you, understands your practice, understands the context of your specialty, knows the procedures you do, how you do documentation, all this stuff, uh, so they can be a great assistant for you. That's, that's what we're uh, aiming, aiming to build. Um, and the intent is, you know, unlike a lot of uh, AI that's you know, positioned out there, and the intent is, is not to replace the doctor, it's to serve and assist the doctor so they're not cognitively burdened and burned out by, uh, by all this other stuff. Um, so the implication then from an AI and a machine learning perspective is uh, ultimately to, to exceed the scribe in the room, to actually be that resident in the room, but always in, a, in an assistive uh, capacity. Uh, so, so that's that's the the vision at a high level, and we can talk a little bit about kind of how the ML and AI works. But does that make sense? Yeah, it sure does. It makes sense to me. I mean, yeah, we've had lots of interesting discussions, and these fun words get thrown around to describe a very upsetting situation. One of those being called pajama time, which yeah, is yeah. this idea yeah. that you know clinicians are spending time after work and on weekends filling out the EMR. The EMR being built uh, initially for uh, speed and efficiency. Well, that's how it was sold, but it was really about reducing errors in billing and making yeah. sure you didn't yeah. kind of fall into the cracks. Unfortunately, that's created, like you said, a scenario where uh, physicians become really burdened. And, you know, um, my hope, I think, for voice interfaces and in healthcare is that it reduces the risk of burnout and really increases the working memory and attention capacity and the calmness of a working practitioner uh, wherever they are on the team so that they can practice medicine in a better way without being really, really fatigued. Now, the question I have for you, and I want to hand it over to Reed after this, after your answer is, yeah. how long do you think um, the clinical world, the medical world can sustain this kind of uh, burden from the EMR in their day to day? And are we at a place, do you think, where we're actually making a pivot uh, where products like Suki become our norm? Yeah, it's a great question. I think it, it does feel like a breaking point. And so I, I mentioned earlier, I've been in healthcare and healthcare tech for about uh, 15 years. And you know, often a lot of the nature of what you were doing was around the revenue. And it could be billing and coding. It could be um, uh, uh, you know, population health, which is the identification of risk and risk management. It could, you know, all these things that are you know, not, not medical device, that kind of tech, but the tech beside it is tended to be around the business case uh, uh, or the business management of medicine. Uh, over the last couple of years with Suki, what we've seen is the rates of burnout uh, and attrition uh, are so high uh, um, and so uh, uh, deep that we're really seeing medical systems uh, have this as a top one or two issue. And they're also at a point where they're willing to spend money on it in addition to you know, kind of, kind of lip service is actually moving to the realm where, where folks take this seriously enough that they, they um, will spend money on reducing uh, physician burnout. Now, certainly there's also an efficiency aspect of this, which is, you know, as you probably know, for every minute a physician spends with a patient, they're spending two minutes on admin. And so that's a huge 
waste of time where a doctor could see uh, more patients. So there's an efficiency gain with this, which, um, which everyone understands, but you know, really this burnout component has become uh, critical. And I, and I think that we're seeing uh, provider systems take it very seriously uh, in a way, um, it's not that it wasn't taken seriously before, but it's really, again, this, this top one or two issue uh, along with the typical stuff they think about and worry about. You know, uh, it's interesting, you, you mentioned Z-Dog earlier and his uh, desires to have that intern, again, really be his scribe. And, you know, a very interesting study actually just came out by the University of Pennsylvania, Yale University, and John Hopkins University, and it was published in JAM Internal Medicine titled, Assessment of Inpatient Time Allocations Among <laughs> First-Year Internal Medicine Residents. Yeah. In time Motion Observations. And the, this is a very scary fact, guys. The authors actually found that medical residents spend on average only 13% of their daily time actually taking care of the patient directly. So can you walk us through how Suki could assist these residents, both internal uh, interns, but also upper level residents and the physician at large, uh, really walk us through the details on how uh, a resident could interact with Suki. Yeah, by, by the way, it's interesting because I felt that way as a resident back in the early 2000s. And we were, uh, you know, we spent a lot of time in med center, some of them uh, academic. And it, it absolutely, I recall vividly walking through an ER and seeing a small room there with about 20 residents typing into the computer. And, and it's almost as if the work product had become the note rather than uh, the patient. Uh, and, and so whatever I, I you know, I or, or we experienced, uh, you know, a decade ago is, is, is by far worse, and it certainly spills over to the, uh, to the, um, to the residents. Absolutely. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's quite incredible. Uh, so, so Suki, the way that, uh, um, so a couple, of, a couple of things about how you build machine learning technology and how, and how you need to do that as a company that's kind of got to survive um, as a company. Uh, the first thing that you need to do, and then this will lead into the functionality, but the first thing you need to do is you actually have to generate tag data for the machine to learn from. So, so you know, the things that I think about kind of classically uh, with AI and healthcare is, okay, radiology or pathology, where, you know, I've got uh, 10,000 films and 5,000 have a tumor and 5,000 don't, and I can feed those into a machine, and there's a right answer and a wrong answer, and I can, the machine can... Can, can program its, its neural network based on that. Same thing with pathology, normal slide, abnormal slide, et cetera. And this is, you know, the, the, the non-clinical examples, a game of chess or a game of goal uh, or Jeopardy where there's known facts and you've got right answers and wrong answers and you can kind of train a machine against that. Um, the way, uh, so when you get into the digital system for physicians, it's very hard to, that's very hard to do because what's the, what's the, the right answer and how do you, how do you create uh, data for uh, the machine to train against and understand um, how it should should perform, and so this is an interesting interesting question because it's much it's much more complex than these kind of binary outcomes that you typically see machine learning uh, applied against. Um, so that's that's kind of issue uh, number one. The second issue is, uh, and 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 you you guys know this, which is that if you're building a product for a physician and it's in their workflow, you'd better add value the nanosecond they start using you. Because if you slow them down, if you're another screen that has to be opened, uh, if you add one more minute to their day, which we already discussed is very overburdened, you're going to get completely blown out of there. And so where we are starting with this, this question, this problem, because we're not the, the resident in the room yet, and that's what we aspire to do, what we have to do is find a way to be immediately useful for the physician such that we have permission to be in the exam room 
with the physician because if we have that permission to be in the exam room, interacting with the physician, uh, creating the notes, we now have access to data uh, that we can do, that we can tag, and then we can do machine learning on. And that spins up this virtuous, uh, this virtuous cycle of you know better data, uh, more and more natural interactions with Suki, uh, you know, perfect notes, all that, all that type of stuff. So that's our focus today, which is this notion of clinical documentation. Uh, as you know, there's other aspects of what a physician is burdened with. There's the note creation, there's order entry, there's aspects of you know billing and coding, choosing your your ICD-10 code and your CPT-4 codes. Um, uh, all of these things uh, uh, are things that you know, your resident would do for you. And the intent is for Suki to do those things for you. But our focus today is really on this clinical documentation. Uh, order entry is something that, that we're uh, beginning to, to work on as well because it's another big chunk of administrative time that the uh, physician has to have today. So interacting with Suki, think of it, um, you know, we don't have a device that really just runs on your, on your iPhone or your Android or on, on your laptop. Um, so think of, you know, a, a physician saying, hey, I, I, um, I just saw uh, 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 Jane Roberts. She has uh, hyperkalemia and a history of end-stage renal disease. Uh, she's here today for an evaluation of vascular graft. Um, here's her history. Review systems was normal on exam. It was unchanged except her lungs are clear now. Uh, and I consented the patient for surgery. So you're actually like thinking, you're almost kind of talking to a resident who can then go through there and say, okay, well, you know, I know what a re normal review of systems is, and not only do I know what it is, I know what it is for, what it is for you, because I've seen your notes before. Um, I know what the physical exam was last time, except something's changed now. There's a pertinent negative in this case that I just mentioned, and you know, I, I know how to kind of do all this documentation. So it's a blend of uh, telling Suki your thoughts, almost as you would your resident, uh, some components of dictation, so particularly around the HPI and the assessment and plan, uh, and, some, and, and a lot of components of uh, Suki contextually understanding your specialty, how you do your notes, you know, what's going on with this patient, et cetera, that come together to create, uh, to create this, uh, uh, the, the clinical document, right? Um, and so think of it, uh, you know, there's a wake word involved, which is Suki. Uh, so it, it is similar to your consumer experience. Uh, if you use Siri or if you use Alexa, uh, et cetera. Uh, but it is really just tuned towards being uh, with you in that clinical context and helping create the, the documentation because it, you know, we, it knows a lot about you and it knows a lot about uh, what you do at the individual physician level. So now, Nathan, um, you said this is not an iOS or Android app right now. So, oh, it is. Oh, it is. It, it is. is. Yeah, that's right. So, so I'm sorry. So let me make sure I understand. So as a physician, I would just pull up my cell phone and turn on the Suki app and start dictating this. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, or, you know, kind of think of, uh, you can, you can do it with the patient. You can do it in between patients. So imagine you go in and you talk to a patient again, you're, you're an attending and you're rounding with the team and you step outside of the room and you say, here's what's going on. One, two, and three, you know, prepare, uh, you know, maybe you're an orthopedic surgeon, prepare a cortisone shots. You know, the exam was normal except for a decreased range of motion in the right leg. Uh, and I'd like to see him back in two weeks. Right. So, this, so that's, that's, um, and then there's components of it where, you know, you as a physician need to pl uh, apply a clinical sense of this into the HPI and the assessment because that's what doctors do. The intent is not for the machine to replace that thinking or that sense of this. Um, but for a lot of the, the components of the note where it's the same old thing that you do every time, uh, we're, Suki's smart enough to understand that and, and create those components, if that makes sense. 
Sure, that, that makes a lot of sense. It sounds like a, uh, a great product. Yeah. So uh, we understand that you have uh, recently announced a partnership with Sutter Health. Can you talk to us a little bit about how you're going to roll that out into Sutter? Yeah, yeah. So the, the, the approach to enterprise, uh, what, what I would call enterprise clients as opposed to private practice, uh, uh, tends to be pretty similar, which is we're going to uh, do pilots in different geographies. So this is a big system, and so they have uh, different regions that they'll want to pilot us in and do it across different specialties. Uh, and what this uh, typically does, and we've done this in, in many scenarios, so we're very comfortable with it. What this will uh, do uh, for both Sutter uh, and ourselves is, one, uh, get their physicians to vouch for Suki as opposed to Suki saying, oh, here's a reference client or, you know, here's some data that we've generated. I mean, we do all those things, but at the end of the day, physicians want to hear it from another physician. And so we typically kick off with a pilot. Uh, uh, docs use it. Uh, they love it. We do time motion studies where we show the time savings. And, uh, you know, as a, as a big enterprise, they will want to see a business case around efficiency. We'll do surveys of physician satisfaction, um, all these things that get at this issue of are the docs emotionally happier because <laughs> they've, they've had this burden relief and are they and are we seeing a very um, uh, quantitative objective data from a time motion perspective around uh, saving them time in the day uh, you know and it could be time to see more patients it could be time to go see their kids uh, soccer game. And so we always almost always start off with a pilot phase. Um, and then the, the next step is great feedback, great time motion studies. And then the nature of the rollouts really something that will depend on uh, Sutter's uh, strategy and, and, um, um, and uh, whatever their, uh, you know, more specific pain points are. Uh, the tool can be is really specially independent. And so we've, we've got, uh, you know, orthopedic hand surgeons on it. We've got uh, pediatric rheumatologists on it. We've got OBGYN on it. Uh, we've got uh, um, uh, internal uh, medicine physicians on it, et cetera. So we, we can really go anywhere that the uh, system uh, points us to. So that's all magnificent to hear and really interesting. I, I personally would love to see this in person sometime. Um, you know, one thing that I ask a lot of uh, product management folks or COOs of these companies are, uh, what kind of testimonials have you had? I mean, have you had any like aha moments? Oh yeah. Yeah. While you're rolling this out. And I think it'd be so great to, um, share, you know, a notable one with our audience. Is there something that comes to mind where you're like, wow. Yeah. So I, I will tell you just a little bit kind of inside baseball. So we're a tech firm. Uh, so our head of product, uh, she's a trauma surgeon. I'm a, I'm a physician, uh, but most of the, the company are, uh, they're technologists from, you know, wonderfully pedigreed technologists because it's Silicon Valley. Uh, but we always make a point of when we, when we get physician feedback of, of sharing it with, with the team. So, uh, so we actually have a ton of, a ton of feedback kind of re readily available. I'll give you a couple, a couple of them. And what I like about them is because they're not just about time savings. They're, they're, I feel they're emotional. Uh, cause these are, so let me, I'll, I'll share a couple of these with you. So one's a family practice physician and his, his quote, uh, to our account manager, and this then goes out over Slack to the team uh, so that everyone can, can celebrate it is, um, I can tell my wife that I will leave at six and have no work to do. We now watch good shows or we go to the theater and we never got to do that before. The weekends are also mine again. Uh, another one, uh, and this is actually a medical director referring to one of her physicians. She said, I got a call from one of our most hardworking plastic surgeons who six months ago had sent me an email expressing concerns that he was burned out 
from his practice. Didn't know if he could do this any longer. He said, I wanted to call you and tell you that Suki changed my life. It has cut down on my time uh, charting from three hours to 15 minutes, and I can do it in the car. You don't recommend it, but you actually can, can interact with it wherever you want. Um, this is a big thank you on helping me practice medicine instead of dealing with the EMR. Um, so we get feedback like this, uh, several quotes like this, uh, really every, uh, every month. Uh, and, uh, it means certainly a lot to, to Aaron and myself and, and, uh, Puneet and the, um, the founding team. Uh, but this is just unbelievably motivating and inspiring for our engineers who, um, uh, you know, they're, they're, you know, everyone sees a doctor and even if you aren't a doctor, you understand the importance of, of what it is that we're doing here. Um, a bit of quantitative information on that. So we, we do track what's called a net promoter score, which is, which is basically a number that quantifies what, what a people and users think of your brand. You're, you're, and it can be positive, it can be negative. Um, you know, uh, your typical EMR is negative. <laughs> Probably not surprising. You know, anywhere from minus 20 to minus 50. Suki's about a 50. Uh, and this is very unusual for healthcare IT because it's, it's generally negative and it doesn't help the physician, it helps the, you know, the billing and coding folks. Uh, to have a score of 50, you're now talking about Starbucks and Apple. And one of the things that we aspire to do uh, kind of behind the scenes is, is create what I call in a consumer experience for physicians because every doctor has an iPhone uh, or an Alexa at home. And so that everyone's very well aware of what technology can do. It's just that they walk into the clinic and then very often they've got, you know, Windows 2000 experience with their EMR. And so I love the idea that we're in Silicon Valley creating a consumer grade experience for physicians. And we know we're creating that experience because that's what the data tell us when we do physician surveys and and that coupled with just the the quotes we get and the um, stickiness of the product and the utilization of the product are very very uh, gratifying so we know um, we know that the the delight and the impact is quite real with the tool nathan this has been both informative and inspiring i want to take a moment to thank dr nathan gunn from suki working with us today and discovering a little bit more about what their vision is and what their objectives are. Nathan, thanks for your time today. It was my pleasure. Thank you. Thanks. And before we sign off, I uh, just wanted to make a quick shout out, as they say, to my sponsor and read sponsor, Quark by MedArcon, a fantastic secured text messaging tool made for physicians by physicians with patient-centric messaging tools guaranteed to optimize your efficiencies in your practice. Reed McClellan, thank you for having me as your co-host. No, Matt, thank you. And thank you, Dr. Gunn, for taking the time to speak with us. And also a very important thank you to Cork for all you do for the voice of healthcare and for physicians everywhere. This has been the voice of healthcare episode 20. See you next time.